Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Guys, Project Sapiens. Hi, Iman. Hi, Pete. Did you have a good vacation, sir? I was very busy. Did you miss me? <laughs> well, since you decided to gut your entire house, <laughs> and we have to stop recording as a result, uh, I did send you a, a, like a 2 a.m. text saying I missed that Greek voice. So. Fuck yeah, dude. I listened to that over and over again. <laughs> Fucking put it on a loop. Yeah, Guys, yeah. projectsapient.org. Check us out. We want to thank our supporters, Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, our partners at the Profiles and Havoc Podcast, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, OD Kit, and now vikingtactics.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. The motherfuckers on TikTok banned us. So we now have I a know. new po- uh, a I new know. page, Podcast Cop. They've been banning so many law enforcement For nothing. and military. Like, it's, it's stupid. It, nothing I put on there yeah. was bad, and they banned it. But now, yeah. you know what? We're getting fucking 50,000 views on yeah, shit, exactly. so fuck them. Yeah, whatever. But So, guys, thank you for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. We love you. We have an awesome, awesome, awesome guest after our little hiatus. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, this is very timely, especially with, uh, you know, the, the talk around the law enforcement community, especially Uvalde. Um, this is actually a very, uh, uh, it's, it's awesome that this guest was able to come on. And uh, yeah. uh, if you want to do a quick the intro uh, of the guest, uh, yeah, since you have it up well, on your computer or. Look, we got, his yeah. name is Kyle Lamb. Yep. He's a he's an instructor at SIG right now. Yeah, but he's got a very interesting history. Exactly, he's a retired sergeant major. You know, over twenty was that twenty one years in the U.S. Army with fifteen of it on Delta. Badass, Kyle. You there? Yeah, I'm here. You know what? So we don't butcher anything that you've done. Let us know. Give us like a background <laughs> of everything going on. Well, first of all, my day job is I actually own a company called Viking Tactics. Yes. So we do uh, tactical shooting instruction, and then we do gear for law enforcement and military, a lot of products that I designed when I was still active. And then I I work as a consultant for SIG at the SIG Academy. Okay. Um, so I so butchered I that. I'm sorry. Guys every now and again <laughs> up there. So no, no, that's fine. That's fine. They're good dudes, and they, man, they're making, they're crushing it with their with their product right now. So, yeah, I was in the Army for a long time. That's my background, <laughs> and uh, most of that was in Special Forces. I started out in the 82nd as a paratrooper, as a commo guy, and then I quickly saw that there were other things I could do. So I went to uh, Special Forces, went to 5th Special Forces, which is at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and was there for a couple of days before I went to Desert Shield, Desert Storm, right after Arabic language school. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yep. So I uh, went to 5th Group for a little while, then I went to the unit, and I stayed at the unit up until I retired um, the end of 2007. And now I do a lot of consulting and kind of in our space, whether it was with law enforcement or military. I, my last book I wrote is called Leadership in the Shadows. And uh, – the first two books were shooting instruction type books. The last book, I, I kind of got shamed by a, 
another military dude slash law enforcement officer who's now a lieutenant. He shamed me into doing the leadership book, and I'm really glad he did because it's it's opened up a whole new group of people that we get to to go on the road and meet, and it inspires a lot of interesting dialogue you know whoever it is with i think i met you through chuck ritter right yeah yeah that was that was chuck made the intro uh because me and him were talking and uh and he was like oh you got to meet uh, kyle then uh, i'm gonna get you connected with kyle because we were talking about leadership and leadership uh uh under fire and stuff like that yeah and chuck had me uh, actually Stu ferris colonel ferris invited me to go on the uh the pineland underground yeah. podcast and that's how i met chuck and then chuck and i of course well, you know, Chuck, he's an interesting cat. So yeah, he is. We, we've had some really good conversations, and I'm hoping to have him on my podcast here shortly as well. I've actually got uh, Stu Ferris, Colonel Ferris, and then another guy, Sergeant Major Jesse Betcher, a guy that I served with that then ended up being a, a CSM and 10th group. Oh, wow. He, uh, they're coming on next week on my podcast. So, yeah, man, it's good. It's it's always good to have these discussions. We, You know, you got me on the phone, and I was like, okay, this guy – is pissing me off because he thinks exactly like I do. I, kinda, I, I like to talk to people that I can try to convince them or we, you know, we have slightly differing opinions, but yeah. man, as you started talking and then I, I read your article about the wolf and I went, doggone, this is exactly, I mean, I, I literally wrote an article that I didn't publish. I was, I, I've still got it sitting there. I think black rifle coffee is going to put it out, but I'm like, man, we we're thinking the same thought. So, you know, to me, that's a good, that's a good thing. When you talk about combat leadership, um, a lot of people want to say that combat leadership and other types of leadership are different. And, and what I would say is combat leadership applies no matter what the job is, yeah. you can apply it in that leadership. Whereas, you know, if you make peanut butter for a living, then maybe your leadership style won't work in combat. But if you're a combat leader, it's going to work the other way around. You can all, you can make some awesome peanut butter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best fucking well, peanut well, butter that, ever. That's the thing. Like, so, so like, you know, we, we, we were talking about, you know, in the law enforcement world and in some of the military world that I've seen uh, when, when you have a certain type of leadership that you're willing to run into the firefight with, right. No matter what it, they know, you know, you have that kind of leadership in your organization and you just go and you just do it. And, and here's the thing, like, like you said, this type of leadership can transfer into almost anything. Uh, because I was just thinking, you know, speaking of, you know, hybrid wolves and, and the wolf article, I was just thinking today, I was like, you know what, there are like wolves in almost every industry and you can see them. You know, the, 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 the high-end doctors that, that really push the boundaries on surgery and medic medicine, right? They are yep. like pioneers in their own world, right? You got these uh, uh, Stoics back in the day, you know, who were really in tune with culture and, and with, with society uh, as a whole uh, between the mind and body. Those guys were like their own version of the wolf and the pioneers of, of sure. their time. And, and even these days, I mean, God, they, they, they made a movie, Wolf of Wall Street, right? You know, where, where it was like, you're, you're out there hunting, you know, you, 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 no matter what, what profession you're in. So, so bringing it back to, to law enforcement, like, you know, I was saying the other night, you know, me and my guys were out there working and I'm like, man, you got three wolves right now hunting and the prey know it. Like you can, yeah. you can feel it in the city that, oh, that I work oh, yeah. in and they're like, oh shit, these guys are out. Like they can, like it, it just, it, that aura, that energy that, that you project the prey know they know that you're out and about and it's very animalistic. And, and the thing is though, people, 
the sheep, I'll call them, <laughs> the sheep get afraid of it because they don't understand it. They don't understand that mentality that is that is needed to do this kind of work. That's why with the whole sheepdog, no no uh, disrespect to Colonel Grossman or anything like that, I got what he was trying to do with the sheepdog. But there are sheepdogs and then there are wolves. Sheepdogs to me are the cops that just respond and that's all they do. They respond to the calls, they put the fire out, they do whatever they gotta do. And then you got the other type of cops, the wolves, the the, the combat leaders. Well, I, I like... And we've done it on plenty of the shows and you've done articles on it too. Yeah. I, I like the incorporating the hybrid wolf yeah. into everything, not just the wolf. Cause the wolf can be a little too aggressive. The wolf can be running towards an enemy that it hasn't sized up yet. It hasn't. Well, that's you know, why, yeah, that's why I call it the hybrid. Wolf. The hybrid wolf to it's, me is a lot better. Like, yeah. It's a little bit more tamer, but he still has that on switch. Right. That just yeah. goes. Yeah. So just getting into Kyle, like with, with the combat leadership, like, when people when 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 you, people hear combat, they're like, "Oh shit!" You're talking, you know, Halo jumping and and fucking going into enemy territory and all that. And the philosophy isn't that far into into even law enforcement. I mean, we we saw Yovaldi, you know, we saw what happened out there with leadership under fire and how yeah. they just buckled, you know. And and you know, your take with with combat leadership, I think, is is amazing. So if, if you want to just explain, you know, your to, to our listeners, a lot, especially we have a large law enforcement audience. If you want to just explain that whole that whole uh, mentality to them. Well, I want to go back to something you said. You said nothing against Colonel Grossman, and I agree with you on that. He's he's inspired a level of thought uh, in law enforcement as well in the mili- as in the military. The problem with that is. A lot of cops have followed him like sheep. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And the problem with that is, so now you got cops. I would, I'm going to go out on a limb here and this will probably piss some people off, but Uvalde, I think that it was a bunch of sheepdogs that were standing there in that hallway. I 100%, 100%. agree because if there, were, there yep. weren't any wolves there, if there would have been a wolf there, a psychotic killer wolf, as he calls us. The psychotic killer wolf would have went down the hallway. Eventually, they did. Yeah, and they would have killed the bad guy. Well, you so, got to take into consideration who did that. It was the guys that had the extra training, the operators, the SWAT teams, right? Yeah. There was well, there was a lot. So there's some more things that came out out of Uvalde. Yeah. Uh, the the biggest thing, one of the biggest things that I saw in terms of failure leadership, combat leadership was. One of the special agents, they call their detective special agents down there. I think he worked for, I, I forget where, whether it was the Rangers or Texas uh, uh, Highway uh, Patrol, but they call him special agents. So one of the special agents that was at the hallway wanting to go kept asking, hey, are we going? Who's in charge? What's this? What's that? And the sheepdogs were waiting for the order. A wolf doesn't wait for the fucking order. A hybrid wolf does not wait for that order. Stack up on me. Let's go. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing. Like you said, a psychotic uh, uh, wolf, hybrid wolf, someone there who really understands or has the need to hunt the prey would have been in there in that first two minutes. Yeah. Hey, and I want to, I want to, when I said psychotic, that's his words. That's not mine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Because, because we, we, we're thinking clearly at that point that yeah. we have got to go now or more kids are going to die. Yeah. So I guess, you know, kind of going back whenever, when I first read those books, I, I was like, Hmm, well, I've never crapped my pants. I've never 
pissed my pants in a gunfight. And then I started asking around, you know, guys that were, that had a lot of experience and they're like, no, bro, that never happened. Oh, but this, but yeah, this did happen. I had auditory exclusion or I had, yeah. you know, whatever happened. I had uh, uh, time slowed down, um, whatever it might be. What I wish would have happened is I wish that the research for that book would have came from somebody that actually had talked to people that had been in combat. Cause when you look at, when you look at where that research came from, it, 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 it didn't happen. You know, it was uh, a guy saying that he did the research uh, in world war two. And when you look at the numbers, it's impossible that he actually talked to that, that amount of people. The other yeah. thing too, is I think if you understand weapon systems and I, I know I'm not going down quite the road you said, I got to get this off my chest. Yeah. Um, I'm a gun guy. I'm a killer guy. I'm the guy that, that like you, and that doesn't mean that I walk around every day looking to go shoot somebody, yeah. but I'd be happy if there were more opportunities <laughs> <you know, laughs> that, I guess. But when I say that, I, I, of course I'm joking about some of that, but on the other side of it is I'm a gun guy. So if you were a gun guy and you, you, uh, you went to Gettysburg and you recovered a rifle and that rifle was loaded multiple times. Would you think that they were scared to shoot or would you, you, would you think that, Oh wait, I've shot a flintlock or I've shot a percussion cap gun. And if I have a gun like that and it weighs 15 pounds and I shoot and it's the middle of a, a of, of thousands of men shoulder to shoulder with North Carolina and Tennessee in the middle doing pickets charge against a prepared enemy. Do you think you would actually know if your gun went off or not? Mm -hmm. You wouldn't know. No, no, you, you, you wouldn't, wouldn't know. I, I'm, I'm sorry. You wouldn't know, man. Yeah. So you think your gun went off. Oh wait, there are misfires in, in flint locks and well, they didn't have flint locks, but in percussion cap guns. So then they would have just naturally loaded. Well, guess what? At that point, Probably Every got time shot. They thought it went off. They're just going to load another round. Yeah. And okay, so it, it, I can explain from a, a, a soldier's and a warrior's perspective, a combat-focused mindset of what would happen. Um, man, it, I just I don't I don't I'm not buying that. And I guess my whole point there is I'm really glad he wrote those books because it inspired thought for me. But the bad thing is I've had to follow him around across the country and try to say, okay, that's what he said, but let's, let's dig a little deeper into that Yeah. because I don't want you to be a sheepdog when you need to be a wolf and you need to go down the hallway and you need to do your job. So that, that's why, that's why I called it the, the hybrid wolf, right? That the, yeah. the, the, the guy, again, it, 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 in, in our profession, uh, in law enforcement, right? Like I, I've seen it kind of like the same thing in the military, you know, in the military, we've, we've all seen it in, in law enforcement. You can take 80 guys and they're just targets because they're sheepdog. They're just there. The cannon fodder. You know, they're just there. They're nice window dressing and they look good in patrol. And that's as far as they get. They will go to calls. I mean, I had this just, just seeing it and, and hearing about it and even talking to other cops across the country. Only one or two of those Three of those officers, uh, not within the 80, but you'll take 80, 10, will, uh, 9 will actually be uh, somewhat a little more aggressive, but then you'll have that one or two in that squad that are out there hunting, right? Not, yeah. not waiting for that call. Like, for example, a, a buddy of mine down in Texas, right? This guy's a friggin' straight hunter, a wolf, a hybrid wolf. He was sitting on his computer and uh, doing some investigations, whatever, pops up social media, sees this live video 
live Facebook live video of this guy talking about going to shoot up this high school. Pans the camera, sees all this firearms, sees the fucking ammo, all that shit. He dropped what he was doing, called, made a couple phone calls, did what he had to do. He had his entire squad head out. They pinged his phone uh, and found where he was. He was walking out of his house with a duffel bag full of ammo and weapons, and they took him in without incident. That, to me, is classic hybrid wolf hybrid hunting wolf. Yeah. because he was hunting for that. Uh, for that bad guy or for that evil out there. He doesn't just sit and wait for the shooting to happen. I mean, how many times of those, those high, uh, you know, uh, active shooters have we heard? Uh, and I know we're getting on a way tangent, but uh, how many times have we heard these active shooters that there were signs? You know, oh, we, we, we had reports. We had previous reports. We had this. We had that. And I'm just like, well, if you fucking had it, then why weren't you on top of it? Yeah. You yeah. know, that that's the thing. That's the mentality of, of the hybrid wolves that that get us, me, you, Pete, get us pissed off because we know more could have been done. Yeah. And even like a, I, my my buddy uh, that helped me with the leadership in the shadows book, he was a Navy aviator. And uh, now he's, a, like I said, a lieutenant down in Florida. He talked to me the other day about the mindset. So the mindset of a department even from their recruiting videos. So if you look at a recruiting video and it shows a cop and he's doing face painting and water <laughs> balloons at the park, and I'm not making this up. Yeah, I mean, this no, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> if you, if you do that in the video, okay, they show that video and then he shows the next video and it's a guy strapping it on and he's getting ready to go and get busy in, in an objective. He's going to do an assault and he's getting everything ready. He's loading his mags. He's, getting in the vehicle and then he's blowing the door off or whatever. And he's going in there and doing his thing. That's the other video. And the leadership said, well, that's a little, that's a little bit tough. And he said, well, what, what guy do you want on your force? You want the guy that is ready to do an assault. And then if he has to, he can go do face painting. Or do you want a guy that is ready to go do face painting? Cause he can't do the assault. So the point is, you know, you got if you want to recruit the right people, then put out the right message so that we get the right people, because that's what it used to be. It used to be a cop was a guy that was one step away from being a criminal. Well, yes, that's, yeah. that's the philosophy and, and, that we all right, grew up and, with, you know? Yeah, right. And that's and that's the guy that's going to be the wolf that's going to go out and catch bad guys. Now, what we're having is and my another friend of mine, I, of course, I, I talk to law enforcement guys on a daily basis. He said. Guy rolls in, he's tatted up, he's got the long beard, and he's like, hey, bro, where'd you serve? And he goes, what do you mean? And he goes, well, I saw the beard and the tattoos, and now I like the beard and I like the tattoos. And he goes, well, so you never were in the military? He goes, no, I got a liberal arts degree. <laughs> and he's like, well, you got a liberal arts degree? Well, so what, why are you in law enforcement? And he goes, oh, because it's a reliable paycheck. Oh, there you go. It's like the dude likes tattoos and he likes a, a big beard and it's, you know, you guys have good dental care, I guess. So he's going to sign up to be a cop, not understanding what he's getting himself into that when, when we need help, we need him to come there and, and kill somebody. Yeah. Do, do the job, you know, yeah, do otherwise the job. he's going to end up on the receiving end of that. And that's the, I think that's where a lot of law enforcement, you know, if people get their feelings hurt, what I would say is look in the mirror. You might be one of the dudes that's, the got the liberal arts degree and 
Hey, maybe you've turned it around. Maybe you, you got that out of your system or something, but, but I would venture to guess maybe not. Oh, trust me. I've had a lot of, uh, comments on the Havoc Journal articles on a lot of my articles on law enforcement. You could tell the butthurt cops that were on there that just decided to, pipe up because myself and Pete, we'd laugh because we'd look at the comments and say, oh my God, that's a cop. That's a cop. That's a cop. That's, you know, you, you can know. tell, yeah. especially if you remember my article about ego is the number one killer in law enforcement. Everybody's butthole. Oh, you should have seen the butt hurt that the comments on Havoc, I mean, Havoc loved it. They obviously left it up and whatever, but, but it was like, and I loved it too, because it's like, man, because you just proved my point. I said, because it is a fucking killer because I can't me. I mean, now that, you know, I've got some time on whatever I could tell someone to go, you know, some fucking lazy ass cop to go fuck himself because I don't like him. But it, it's, it's like one of those things where you, well, you know what? It, then it's true. You just proved my point because like on my SWAT team, right on my SWAT team, we are crazy when it comes, well, not crazy, but with ARs, we, we like, Hey dude, you fucked up like yeah, direct, yeah. you know, and as and it should way, be, as it should be. But you go into the, like the patrol division, you try to get the leader, uh, some like the uh, uh, leader or whatever, or sergeant or whatever to tell one of his guys, Hey dude, what the fuck was this? Like, why did you do that? Oh, good luck. Like, it's like one of those, like, oh, no, no, no. I mean, he'll, he'll get pissy. Like who the fuck cares? You know, to me, yeah, you know, we, we had a discussion on that Pineland uh, podcast about that. And one of the things that came up was that they said, well, you guys in the unit, you are very good at that hot wash, that after action review process. Yeah. And I said, yeah, Roger that. And I said, let's break that down even further the higher performer is going to be a harder person to tell them that they're wrong. Yeah. Right. That's, that's, that's a fact. That's yeah. just the way it is. People that are high performance people, they don't like to hear that they did something wrong. Yep. So my point is those dudes are all high performers and they learn through training how to take criticism, constructive criticism, because I'm not attacking their families or yeah, right. how they, how they dress. Well, I might attack how they dress, <laughs> but I'm not a real snappy dresser either, but the, the, the point is you can train anybody, no matter how much of a prima donna they are, you can train them to be able to go effectively through that after action review process. And when you talk about combat leadership, that's the first thing right there. Are you, are you capable as an individual to take criticism? And if yep. the answer is no, because that ego that you talked about, yep. then you're not a combat leader and you never will be a combat leader. Exactly. Because in combat, what are we trying to do? We're trying to win the mission. We're exactly. trying to win, win the fight. And you're not going to win the fight if you will not stand up and say and admit that you screwed something up. Exactly. Kyle, a, a lot of our a lot of our issues in law enforcement, and we've talked about it because we've, we've both been on for a long time. I was on 10 years on special ops. I got to see the difference and I went back to patrol and going back to patrol after was fucking eye opening for me. It was an experience in and of itself. Cause you know, going from operating for 10 years and then going back to, you know, towing someone's car for a block driveway, you're like, fuck three weeks ago, I would have blown this motherfucker up. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? What I saw was a foundational issue with a lot of the new kids coming out of the academy. And what I mean by that is, and I'm not dogging our, our academy instructors because some of them are my friends. It's protocol that's been handed down top down, right? And they've been telling them, stop yelling at these kids, stop criticizing these kids, stop putting stressors and stresses on them. So when I went through the academy, my day one, I was made to feel like a piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't an ego thing on the instructors. It was to teach me. Yeah 
criticism. It was to teach me how to hold myself back and humble myself and all that because I came from a fucking banking background. <laughs> you know, I'd never yeah. been yelled at in my life. So, yeah. And one of the things you just brought up, I want to hit on that too, is you left, you left special operations and you went back to be a patrol officer. And I, I wish more special operators would do that. I wish yep. they would go back and give back because if you want to rain, raise the next, the next generation of wolves, you got to be there at the den and be there to, to show them how to do it. And that's one of the things that a lot, like in, in, in the unit I was in, I actually left the unit for a year and went to a first special forces group. That's one of the best years of my whole career because I actually learned something outside of just my normal, how to be an operator in Delta. I learned stuff about how to be a special forces guy. Not that I learned it real well, but at least I was able to see what those guys are, are fighting with daily and understand, you know, kind of what their, their struggles are. So, yeah, so that's, that's very common. I think in law enforcement and in the military that you get to a position and you don't want to, you don't want to go back to patrol. And what I would say is doggone it, do it. That's your chance to be able to, to put your stamp on some young kids that 10 years from now, they're going to be you. Yeah. You have the opportunity to build you. And that's being a combat leader. A combat leader isn't about kicking in doors. A combat leader is about building teams that kick in doors, right. putting together a troop of dudes that can go out at the middle of the night and they don't have to look at each other. They, they got it. They know exactly yeah. what everybody's going to do. Well, that doesn't happen by somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, training them. It's got to be you guys and me that have got to go out and train these cats. So once again, combat leadership, we, we, I think sometimes we confuse it with some video game. It's not a video <laughs> game. Call of duty. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. a real deal, man. And yeah. you know, what does that mean? It, it means sitting down on a sandbag with a kid overseas. And I say kids, somebody that's five, six years younger than you <laughs> and mentoring them and, and talking through the issues that they're having so that you can make them successful at their job. Well, that, that's and usually their, 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 their issues are not front sites, you know, trigger control no, their no. issues are much bigger than that. Yeah. And, and that's what I find. I find that, you know, with the, with the younger cops, uh, coming on the job one, I think they got the shitty end of a stick right now. I mean, you know, kudos to anyone who takes the job brand new, especially with the environment that is going on right now. And, and I agree 100% with you about being in specialty units and going back to patrol, because here's the thing, patrol is the bread and butter of law enforcement. I don't care what sort of specialty unit detectives, major crimes, gangs, narcotics, whatever. I've, it I've, doesn't I've, work without I've, patrol. I've, I've done them all and they're fun and they're fucking kick-ass and they're a bunch of DA units and good to go. And a lot of, you know, high performing cops in those units. But those guys, you know, like me and those guys, we get comfortable in that because now, because now we're, we're with our fellow wolves and that's all we know. Now you take us out and put us back into patrol. Now we're surrounded by the sheepdog who we don't really get along with. But I 100% agree with you because what, what's happening is what I'm seeing or what, what like guys like me are doing are we're taking everything that we've ever learned it from those special operation groups and applying them to patrol tactics and, and it, teaching those guys. It could the even way. be the minuscule. I was thinking about this the other night. Yeah. It was a minuscule little thing that I casually fucking employed within our group of people. Yeah. And it was something that I had learned from special ops. Yeah. And I, I saw it in fucking action and I was like, it was just like, 
I slipped it in. Yeah, yeah. I slipped it in, and they picked up on it. And yeah. nobody, hopefully, they don't listen to this because they know my little maneuver that I made. <laughs> but it worked. Yeah. And that's you know not to say that I'm anything special. I'm not. Right. I wasn't the best fucking operator. I wasn't anything. I I did my job. Yeah. Right. But going in and like you said, Kyle, kind of being able to see what's going on and maybe throw a couple of elbows here and there and maybe a nudge and hey, maybe do this a little different. Maybe, you know, a little pulling back or something like that is very beneficial. It, it It's worth its weight in gold, in my opinion. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, with combat leadership is not only working on these little tiny tactics, but also what I found is teaching them how to even talk to people. Yes. The, 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 the UW aspect of law enforcement, because yeah. here's the thing, like, like as patrol and I, I've, I've talked to numerous special forces guys that, that are on the job and they're like, Hey dude, patrol is just a green beret in, in the, in, in the U S you're out there yeah. in the yeah. community. Uh, and I had to really think about it at the time. This was years ago. At the time, I had to really think about it. He's, you know, they asked me, like, well, Iman, when you were in Iraq, what were you doing? Like, well, I was, you know, patrolling the villages and gathering intel and talking to people and handing out cookies, candies, cookies, and stickers, whatever, and, stickers yep. and handing out chlorine tablets, whatever. All right, well, now you're home. What are you doing? Going out in the community, collecting intel, giving out yep, stickers, yep. talking to kids, uh, giving ice, you know, doing ice cream socials, whatever. Like, motherfuckers, you're right. We just, uh, like, we I'm just doing deal the with... same exact thing. You know, again, uh, yeah, there's a, a much broader, much bigger aspect with UW, but take it into the foundation, just the smaller version, right? Like, you know, I always call like a unit like mine, we're, we're unconventional police, right? We're, because our unit, we we sp we we have this different, completely different approach to uh, unlike uh, patrol where yes, we are out there on the streets all the time, but I stress to my guys about the aspects of UW in the field and it's worked wonders where we're able to really cultivate so much information and build the partnerships within the community with community leaders and all that stuff and just taking it all in and telling patrol the patrol officers, you could do the same exact thing in your little yeah, sector, yeah. right? You have sector one, two, three, four, sector one guy, you can do it in your sector. You don't need my unit to go out there to do 100%. it. 100%. You could do it. We used to get a lot of times when, so we did without giving up where I work because it's a conflict of interest thing. <laughs> we used to do uh, gun cars, right? And you'd have two operators in the car. We'd be assigned a certain section of the city. And when it was dead out, it was dead out. You're not responding to people shot. You're not responding to hot stuff. You're going to go out. So I used to love going to, I can give it up. I like the aquarium, for yeah. example. I yeah. used to love going to the aquarium, getting out, tacked up, right. And talking to fucking eight year olds, high-fiving them. And, and these patrol guys would drive by and they'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? Yeah. And be like, why are you doing this? Why am I doing it? Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I'm not saying that I wouldn't have done it, but it's like, why isn't everybody doing this? Yeah. Yeah. You're recruiting, you're recruiting a, a future law enforcement officer. Exactly. Well, right well there, that, right? and I'm making them comfortable with the big, scary yeah. fucking tank looking yeah. guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yep. And and that's the thing, guy. like, like, you know, there's, there's few things with, with Green Bear. It's like one of those that, you know, Green Bear can go into the jungle and come out with an army. You know, is, is ability to do that, which if you think about a, the basic patrol level, that's what you do. You go into a neighborhood to help clean it up and you get the right contact, get the right people and all that stuff. And you teach them and train them on what to look for in terms of crime patterns and drug dealings and stuff like that. And now you've empowered that community or that neighborhood to know what to look for, to actually stand up to that 
uh, what, you know, if you want to use in UW type terms, you know, to that tyranny or to that tyrannical yeah. the government, uh, you know, that the gang that's controlling that area, you, you teach them, you train them. And now you have asked, now you have friends, you know, you get to go into that neighborhood, you know, they got your back, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and you're covered. You know, and, and they're going to pass you more intel. The exactly. more that they know you and they feel comfortable, they're going to tell you what's going on. That, that's and, exactly it. And and yeah. like you said, with with combat leadership, though, when when you don't have those types of leaders who all they do, because I'm sure you've heard from other cops across the country, all you got to do is take a test to get promoted. And if you test well, well, then you get promoted. It doesn't have anything to do with what you've done on the job. Experience. It has nothing to do with experience. Yeah. Has, let me let me interrupt you. Real yeah. Yeah. Right go. There. Yep. I agree with that. However, comma, we got to use proper English, right? <laughs> Don't sit there and moan and gripe if you didn't take the test. Uh, exactly. Right. That, that, and that's, that, and that's, yeah. what, that's what pisses me off is you got guys, once again, I'm going to pick on the SWAT guys because they're the, they're the worst of this bunch. They're the guys that should be trying to get promoted so that they can go back to patrol. They can become a sergeant. They can become a lieutenant or a captain or whatever. And they're going to sit there and they're going to moan and say, oh, that guy, all he did was take a test. I get it. All he did was take the test. But guess what? You didn't. You can. You you didn't take the test. Get off your butt and take the test. That was you're me. Gonna get to lead, yeah, you're going to get to lead people. And when you lead people, that's influence. And you want to talk about being able to create some, some hybrid wolves. Man. Yeah, that's the perfect place because people are going to be attracted to you as well. They're going to say, man, I want to work for this cat because this dude makes it happen. Well, that that's and, the thing, like the position I'm in, right? I'm in charge of a unit and all that stuff. And and that's what I like my biggest thing. Again, like, like I 100 percent agree with you. Back in the past. Yeah, I used to be that guy like, oh, man, that they made that fucking idiot a sergeant. Oh, great. You know, they made that idiot a lieutenant. He hasn't done a fucking thing in his entire career. But again, I blame us as cops 100%. for that. Ha happening right so these fucking guys who would study to take the test they purposely work midnights right that way it's nice and quiet they can study they can do whatever they can do and they study and boom they get the better score but you know what us as high performers we can fucking study and do our work and fucking take the test and pass and get promoted easily. But again, like you said, SWAT, yeah, we're, we're the worst, one of the worst offenders. We're just like, oh, that mother, you know, motherfuck somebody because they got promoted and you didn't. Well, you know what? Take the fucking test. Yeah. I was so zoned into my job that I went through two promotional cycles without studying or taking the exam. Yep. And it, it hit me because I was starting to get older and I started having kids and things changed for me. And I was like, you fucking idiot. Why didn't you study? Why didn't you take the exams? Why did And that was one of the reasons why I ended up leaving and going to patrol saying to myself, you know what? Let me kind of back away from this scene because I don't want anything to take away from my job here. Yeah. I don't want to fuck this up because then it's a safety issue and all that. Let me see if I can do something different. And when I started studying for the promotional exam, my wife was like, you haven't studied for any of this in 20 years. And I'm like, no, <laughs> And, yeah. and because I was so focused in on special ops. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think in law enforcement, there's that stigma and that fear, right? When you get promoted, you get pulled out of your specialty positions because, you know, oh, it was cool, you know, to do it for a time. Uh, but then you, you make rank. Yeah. Now they got to put you where you need, you're needed as a sergeant, lieutenant, whatever you might be. Uh, but again, though, with that stigma, I say, 
fuck it because you're you're needed because that experience that you just gained for the past 10 15 years of doing you know gangs narcotics SWAT whatever now you can now you can really make a difference sure and your natural talents could, yeah, are going to yeah. come out Yep. You can be the G chief now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can be in charge. You can put together your own little, little group of hellions and, and you can get busy with it. And once again, like you said, who's, who's there first, it's not SWAT. It's the patrol. Exactly. So you're, you have the opportunity to have such a great influence on, on the war that you guys are fighting every day. I mean, man, it's just, uh, yeah, it always goes back to that leadership. We need it. And we really, you know, in our country, I think if if we would have had more of the right people in the right positions, we would have never had this goofball stuff that happened uh, on the left side with, uh, you know, <laughs> I know where you're yet. going with it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how 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 stupid are you that you would say that you want to defund the police, the very people that protect you? And let me let me go another step with that. There's only one group of people right now in America that is keeping those of us that are wolves or former wolves or are civilians out here waiting for the chance to attack. The only reason that we're still sitting where we're at is because of you guys. Yeah. If yeah. it wasn't for you guys, we would have to do it. Yeah. But because of law enforcement, law enforcement is keeping they're they're keeping well, the badger in the box. Well, you know that's what I mean? the thing that that's the whole idea behind the thin blue line, the the line between order and chaos. Right? We are that line, literally holding it together. And these freaking sacks of fucking cowards, right? That we have up in the uh, that sitting in the corner offices because they get elected, you know, and and they they make these arbitrary rules, which now we see these cities that are falling as a result. Seattle. Minneapolis, fucking Portland, uh, some parts of California that is so far gone. Good luck getting back. Um, you, you've seen the turnaround all of a sudden from defund to police to all of a sudden, oh, we need millions upon millions of dollars to rebuild the police department. Guess what? You're not going to get the type of caliber cop that you're going to want. You abandoned ever. millions, thousands of cops. You yep. abandoned yep. them. Yep. There are so many good cops that I know right now that are just like, dude, I'm not going to federal fucking prison. Yep. I'm not going to be posted all over the newspaper in the fucking morning. I have kids. I have a wife. Fuck this job. There is a, I would say 30% of police officers are that way right now. Oh yeah. No, that right now, uh, actually a buddy of mine, uh, actually uh, by a, a fellow officer uh, at my job, just told me one of his buddies who is, um, a Boston, uh, Boston fire guy. He just said 20 of their recruits are former cops. Yeah. 20, 20 in their From, academy right now. And our, those classes are about a hundred a piece. Yeah. So when you have 20% leaving, yeah. have, that's huge. Yeah, oh yeah. No, big yeah. time, big time. But, yeah. but here's the thing, like uh, there's a, there's a, there's this movement going on right now within law enforcement amongst the, the hybrid wolves, right? Especially after seeing the dismantling of good units and good cops and stuff like that. And literally right now, what we're saying is, well, hold the fucking line because, What's going to end up happening is you're going to have this brand new batch of cops, which you're already seeing it, that have no fucking idea what the job actually is because they're the ones who are trying to get a paycheck or they went for the health care plan or whatever it might be. I mean, I see it a lot. I see it a lot with brand new cops that get on the job that just really do not know what they're getting into and have yeah. no idea the challenges that they're going to face 
in the future as they're moving throughout this entire career. So, so I've sort of turned the, uh, the table on my end also to be like, you know what, I'm not going to be part of the problem. I'm going to be part of that solution. You know, I'm going to put that training out there and I'm going to be that voice that they really need. You're trying, which we, which we have been, whether it's through the podcast. And here's the thing, whether at the training council, right, right now I train in, in, in the state of Massachusetts, I'm part of the training council here now. Right. And, and we're putting together good courses against the bad courses that have been put out. Like we're trying to get rid of all of that, you know, to make it the way it should be. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I got, I, I call it the conspiracy theorist in me, call it, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a, a little too negative. I kind of feel like it's fucked up beyond repair. I feel like we're going to have a breaking point. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Kyle, call me crazy. You're seeing, you're teaching people at SIG, right? Yeah, yeah. So are you seeing guys that are coming up there wanting to get training? Are there's, is, is there been an increase in this stuff? I mean, a lot of the people that I know are just kind of giving up on shit. They don't care. They don't want to go get training. They don't want to take classes. Not to say that they're, they won't. They're, yeah, they're selling more classes than they've ever sold. Really? Um, and here, but here's what I would say. And I'm, I'm, I don't mean this to be disrespectful of law enforcement. However, most of those people in those classes are civilians. Okay. Because they are, they're either, they really like to do what they're doing, which that's got to be part of it. Or two, they feel like they're going to need that. Okay. The thing is, especially in that area where you guys live, you know, you don't, you don't live in Tennessee where I live in Tennessee here. I I, I'll be honest with you. I'm not really worried about anything (laughs) because Every, I mean, every neighbor I have is very well armed and every one of them hunts and all their kids hunt, all their kids are outdoors and doing stuff. And then you get into other areas of the country. I mean, when I come up into your neck of the woods, every single thing that's in my gun vault is illegal Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. where, yeah. where you live, but crime is still legal because they keep doing that. So, you know, it's, it's a, I, I don't know. I wish more law enforcement would get out there and train as well. Now they do, they they run a lot of law enforcement guys through classes too, but um, that's something we can always push. We can always try to help, you know, help more people. Uh, I have some local guys here and I, I think it's kind of funny because I offered to do free training for them and all I got were crickets. Yeah. And there's people that, you know, I travel to Nashville, which is only an hour away and they're paying me to come and teach. And it's, to me, it's, it's uh Shame on you if you're not training. And that doesn't mean you got to be out doing some crazy SWAT training every day. But, man, just some some basic firearms training and a little basic tactical uh, instruction. I do see um, a lot of the churches have stepped up what they're doing for their their security. And that's nice to see as well. Maybe not up in your area. No, but, no, we don't know, see down, that in our area. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, down in Florida, like all the Jewish synagogues are – and the Jewish schools, most of those are private. Yeah, well, the so Jewish ones here are all armed to the teeth. Yeah, yeah. Former no, Mossad. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, private. That's, awesome. yeah. that's yeah. a way. That's but but see, here's the thing. We laugh about that, but doggone, good for those people because you know why they're doing that? Because they love their children. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Do we not love our children? Why are we not doing the same thing at our schools? Yeah. It's got to be a private school in order for us to. 
of our kids. Well, that's a bunch of it, crap. Yeah, man. no, it goes back to again to to the whole leadership aspect, right? In in every industry, right? If you have like it, like I've seen now at at some of the schools, obviously Uvalde. It's like it's like it's fun. It's funny and sad. It's a trend, right? All of a sudden, Uvalde happens now. Every fucking school that wants an active shooter uh, protocol looked at by their law enforcement agencies and by private companies and they're going to they get butchered every time because it's like no this is fucked up this is fucked up no you should be doing this you shouldn't be doing this this is what we're going to do as law enforcement blah 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 and and it's like it's this reoccurring theme every few years yeah, yeah. when tragedy strikes all of a sudden it's important now you know and people are animals dude they're well, animalistic well, that's, what, that's what it is it goes back to the whole sheep mentality the hybrid wolf mentality, the, the, the combat leadership mentality, where the, like you said, Kyle, the combat leader though, is the type that will have those hybrid wolves ready to go at a moment's notice. They can hand out ice cream and hand out fucking stickers, but at the same time, in the back of their mind, they got that little chain and you know, that, that, that friggin' hybrid wolf or that line, whatever you want to call it in that cage, ready to go. And that's one thing that I learned out yeah. in Iraq is like I always say deep inside something in me like woke up like I don't know what it like I'll call it you call it lion wolf demon whatever you want to call it like something in me woke up like just like that and it all it took was one instance and it woke up and it's been out ever since right now I've learned to control it I've learned to channel it I've learned to do what I got to do with it through lots of <laughs> lots of combat experience and you know lots of uh, law enforcement experience to learn to channel it but it's 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 all in a certain mindset and these brand new cops these some of these cops some of these leaders that we have are not combat leaders they don't have that mindset to turn it on to be like hey guys I need this or guys we need to do this or we need this type of training or we need that or we or hey guys get it's, I, it's, I want I, I used to love hearing from uh, the, the old school leadership that used to say, hey, guys, the fucking cells are empty. Fill them up tonight. Roger that. Like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. You know that? Like, yeah. like I used to love hearing it. You know, used to love. And, and we recently, uh, you know, my guys were, were active, we're aggressive, we're doing this, we're doing that. And one day the deputy chief walks downstairs because fucking it was busy in the booking area. He's like, oh, holy shit, what's going on down here? I'm like, oh, just police work, sir. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, like he's yeah. like, I've never seen it this busy before. You How know? many, here's an elephant in the room for you. How many of these leaders are five years away from retiring and just don't give a shit? A lot of them, I, I'll tell you right now, a lot Is of them that probably not are there. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. I'm fortunate in my, in my agency, I've got an awesome deputy chief who's a prior combat vet in Afghanistan. And you hear get, that deputy? Gets, you hear that deputy chief? And, uh. and gets, and, but he gets it, right? Yeah, there's yeah. leaders that get it and there's leaders that don't. And you could tell the way he runs the ship, right? The way he steers the ship versus the non-combat leader that doesn't understand that combat leadership, the way they run their ship, the way they steer their ship. Two completely different methods, mm -hmm. right? One has no fucking clue what he wants to do. The other one makes a decision and this is what we're going to do. Good to go. You know, so, so that, that's the thing is being able, and, and that's the thing. Combat leadership to me also, Kyle, you can, you can tell me if I'm wrong on this, is, is being that, that kind of like that squirrel in the middle of the road where a car is coming. Am I going to go left or am I going to go right or am I going to sit here and get killed? You know, and, yeah, and yeah. to me, one thing I learned and, and I know like, you know, other I've seen other leaders talk about it, or leadership talk about it, where they say good or bad decision, make a fucking decision. 
You yeah, saw that thing in, is yeah. if you if you've trained, you're going to make the decisions pretty pretty correctly, I guess. Yeah. And, but you've got to train. You've got to put yourself in those situations. There's two things I wanted to catch up on here. Yep. One is I had a a, a friend of mine, a guy named Trey Lawrence. He's now a colonel, and one of the things that he used to always say is. Do you know what vigilance is? He would ask his guys, do you know what vigilance is? And they'd always come up with, well, you know, and they'd come up with some stupid stoic <laughs> reply. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, nope, uh, vigilance is having a plan to kill everybody that you meet. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with I me like because how do, I, how do I train? How do I train that into somebody? I want them to understand that when you walk into a room, and you guys do this. Yeah. When you walk into a room, what do you do? You size everybody oh, up. Oh, yeah. Everybody's already sized up. That doesn't mean that you're going to go punch them or attack them, but yeah. you already have racked and stacked who's in that room. And you're also looking at, at you're looking at your battlefield every time you do that. Yeah. Not just in Iraq or Afghanistan, but wherever you happen to live, you're going to do the same thing. Yeah. Um, oh, there's another point I wanted to bring up. You said something about... Um, Oh, doggone it. I've, I've, been, I've been hit on the head a bunch, so I'll think of the other one in a, in a minute here. Well, but. well, you know, talking about sizing the situations up or sizing, uh, you know, a room up or whatever when you walk in, that that's all that we, you know, myself and guys like you, me, Pete, and others that out there in the, in the world that, that walk into a room, like, we, we can already... Again, and, and, and the room can read us, right? When I walk into a situation, into a scene uh, in my law enforcement uh, world, people know I'm there. Like, oh, shit, he's here. In a way, I kind of don't like that. And, and, well, (laughs) let me, let me expand on it. It's one of those, it's not, oh, shit, the fire is going to get lit. It's the calm is here. Like that, that chaos, that common chaos mixture that comes into a situation. I mean, Kyle, I'm sure you, you get what I'm, what I'm saying is there's a certain type of chaos that when we walk into it, we can control, we can control and not so much control. We can channel it, right? We can kind of yeah. shift it around in a way to benefit ourselves, kind of like moving a chess piece around. Right? So when, when I'm walking into a situation in law enforcement and it's a volatile situation or whatever it might be, I'm already going through a through Z in my head in a split yep. second, in a split yep. second, I already have it all gamed in my head. And that's what a lot of these uh, cops and these leaders don't really have. You can't, so you can go to the best fucking incident command training you can ever go to. But if you don't have that sort of mindset already in your head, you're going to be going off a checklist, right? Okay. Did I, did I call SWAT? Yep, I did. Okay. Did I call the hostage negotiation? Okay. I did. Did I do? That's what was going on in Uvalde. And you could see it through yeah. the ARs with that yeah. chief. That chief was doing the check the box. Okay, did I do this? Okay, no. Did I do that? No. Versus, hey, yeah. I need this perimeter fucking set up. I need SWAT down here. I need to get snipers. I need to do this. I need fucking five guys. We're going in that room right the fuck now. Blah, 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 blah. Like, just do it. Yeah, One. so one. I remember what I was going to tell you earlier, and this fits right into what you just said. Yep. So when I do my Leadership in the Shadows seminar, I'm actually going to be up in your neck of the woods in December. You should really come to that. If yeah, you yeah, I, I'm actually tracking yeah. that. Okay, so part of one of the slides that I have is your, what's your most important leadership goal? And I put that up and I'm like, okay, what is it? And it's, it, it's, it makes me sad that a lot of times law enforcement's primary goal is that everybody goes home. And then I tell them, I disagree with them. And they're like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. And I go, well, if you, if you want to go home, then go home right now. 
if you want everybody to be safe, just go home. Don't go out and fight crime because that's dangerous. And I'm like, okay, so that's your primary leadership goal is that everybody goes home safely. And I said, well, let's, let me set the table a little bit further. You're driving down the road and you, you come up to a school and you get a call on your radio that there's an active shooter. What are you going to do? Well, we're going to stop and go in. I go, no, 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 you're not. Because you said the most important leadership goal is that everybody goes home. How about this? How about we change the most important leadership goal to mission accomplishment? What I don't care what, what your job is as a cop, your goal every day when you go to work should not be that for you to go home in one piece. It should be that you accomplish your mission. And while you're accomplishing your mission, what's going to happen? You're going to be doing, you're going to be making the right decisions. Yeah. And then people will go home. But if you, if, if you go into this situation, like Uvalde, good, all those cops went home. I, I hope they're really, really happy that they all went home because none of those kids did. Yeah. And they did not accomplish their mission. So if you're a cop, the first thing every day on your agenda should be accomplish your mission. And while we're doing that, we take care of the right people. And who are the right people? The right people are the performers, the people that are getting the job done. It's not the person that is like, hey, I got a, you know, I got a bone in my leg. I got a, t- I got pseudo folliculitis. I can't <laughs> shave or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, dude, we're, we're going to accomplish the mission today. I'm going to take care of the people that are performers. And those people are going to take care of me. And the rest of you guys, I'm going to step right over top of you because we got a mission to accomplish today. That's, that's exactly the mentality that, that, you know, I've, I've tried to, and I have instilled in, in, in my unit is we got a mission today and we're going to accomplish it. And that's all we think. That's all we talk about is the mission of the day, the tasks of the day, whatever we got going on for the day. That's all I really talk about to the guys and, and any sort of situation, like, you know, it's funny how my, unit will we'll go from UW to DA in a, in a heartbeat, right. Depending on what, what Intel and what sort of yeah. stuff we got. And, on the DA side, I'm like, all right, guys, fucking let's let's mount up, strap up, fucking this, 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 and this, and we do everything we need to do to get that op plan going and get the op done, and we're done. All right, mission accomplished. Guess what? Mission accomplished. One, we got the bad guy. Everyone is safe. No one got hurt. Now we get to go home. But mission got accomplished. Part of the mission should yeah. be you yeah. going home safely. If you... If you don't go home safely, you didn't accomplish the fucking mission. Well, you right? lost the. To me, you lost the initiative. Right, and, and that's what happened to Uvalde. They lost that initiative. Yeah, yeah. I, let, let, I, I disagree with you, Pete. I, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Go for it. If if you're a cop, yeah, and you don't go home, but you accomplish the mission, you did your job. You did your job. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and, I, and I and I think that I think we have got to remember. And I know you guys do, but there's a lot of guys that don't get this. There's a lot of these guys and girls that are signing up. They don't understand that you could, you could end up dead as a cop, right? Just accept that and get over it. And let's accomplish the mission because I guarantee you that there's cops that would have gladly sacrificed their life in Uvalde to save those children. Sure. So, I mean, I think it's very important that we, and I'm not trying to give you a hard time. No, no, no. I just think that we, we got to be laser direct with these kids and let them know where they stand and where they stand is conduct the mission. And if you survive the mission, that's awesome. But if you, if you go in there and you kill the bad guy and you end up on the the wrong side of the dirt as well, well, that's, that's part of this job. I'm not, I'm not saying to accept that, but I am saying that you have to be a realist. Kyle, I think the issue 
I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the issue of getting that into law enforcement, it's a foundational, it's a core issue, and it comes from the top. Again, like you said, the two videos, when a guy sees, or a girl, sorry, everybody, they, them, sees a video, and they say, oh, wait, you know, on the East Coast, cops make about 100 grand, and that's that's relative, because that's what it, it basically costs you that much to live out here, Right. If you're on the East Coast and you say, I'm going to go get this job out of college and make a hundred grand and I get to paint fucking faces. Yeah, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. It's a foundational issue from the top down, from the, yeah. from the local you know, administrations all the way through the chiefs and all that stuff. They need to be upfront about police work. You know, how many times have you seen videos and online and, and the cop is getting shredded by you know the local facebook fucking medal of valor winner and they're like oh well why did he have to go hands-on with that person that's a foundational issue chiefs should be coming out and say hey criminals are violent yeah. our guys have to get violent it's just like have you ever seen that that that, that chief down in fucking um in florida i think it's polk county i know polk county and yeah, he's yeah, like well yeah. evil yeah. can't be dead enough yeah, yeah you shoot yeah. at my officers we're gonna make them into swiss cheese yeah. yes yeah, there well, we go. Yep. Well, yep. that's the thing. It, it needs. I think what what also happened again. I blame us, right? Because law enforcement was so insulated for so many years uh, of not speaking out, right? Um, of not challenging the legislation that come out with these bullshit laws that have no business in making these rules and policies and laws for law enforcement to be out there to tell the leadership, uh, to tell the, not, they're not even leaders, the elected officials, no, that's not the way this fucking work, this job works. This is the way this job works. Come out, come, why don't you come out and ride around with our patrol guys for one night and just see what goes on in, in your city that you're supposed to, to take care of as an elected official? You know, because I'll tell you now, not many, I don't see many city officials going out with these patrol guys. Look at Chicago. Do you think, do you think in Chicago, any of these fucking, uh, fucking politicians sit with the patrol guy and go out there just to see what their policies have done or California or Seattle or fucking Portland? God, no. They don't do that shit yeah. because you know what? They're that, that mentality holier than thou. Like, you know what? I'm up, I'm, I'm, I'm up here and you're, you're dirt because you're law enforcement. And, and that's I got a PhD. You should listen to me. Yeah, exactly. And it's, 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 but again, it's Fuck incumbent on, on us, right? Us, us cops to be that sort of leader that is really needed, not, not to hide in SWAT, not to hide in these gang units, not to hide in these narc units or these, you know, the, the, I call them like the shadow world units. Like once you're done with that, you get it out of your system and you've done the job and you've done it awesome. I mean, I get it. Trust me. Like I love doing d- narcotics for years and I didn't want to leave it because it was like fucking fun all the time. But there comes a time where you need to come back and show and teach your people. And, and that's the thing. Like I've seen a lot of uh, Green Berets that go back to the regular army units, but they bring back so much knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's a, it, like, it amazed me every fucking time because we had a couple of them in my unit in Iraq. And I'm, I was like, God damn. Like, <laughs> you know, again, it was like that little shit. They would just kind of interject yeah. that you, you wouldn't think of. And you're like, a little no, bump. Yeah. Like no shit. Okay, like, let's do it. You know, like, I, I loved it. So, so it's those things that you can bring back to the patrol level 
and become a sergeant, become a lieutenant, move up in the ranks, right? Where you can really be that uh, that combat leader, where you can navigate those those uh, you know that ship for the department and for your fellow officers to again to say, hey, what was the mission today? Uh, mission today was this. You got accomplished the mission. Good job, Uvalde. Let's say that police department ran the way it was supposed to be run. Mission of the day. We we saved those kids. We lost two cops, but those two cops killed that guy. You know what? Those two cops will get the biggest hero fucking funeral you'll ever see because that's what happened uh, every time. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it does happen. Whenever a cop does a heroic thing and they die in the line of duty, guess what? The entire country goes to that funeral of law enforcement, and you'll see a, a sea of cops honoring that cop. I, I got a I got a question for you guys. What's yeah. going to happen in in Uvalde? They better well. I, I'm, I have a friend that works down there, and, and some of the information that is coming up from him. Uh, Uvalde, as, as, a, as a police department, uh, I'll tell you what's happening right now. Right now, uh, Uvalde is pulling people over for fucking traffic infractions. Not even like a month after the, uh, the, the, uh, the, 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 the massacre, I'll call it. To me, that's an issue. And he even said, that is a fucking issue. Instead of going back out there to regain the trust of the fucking public, you're pulling them over for a bullshit traffic you know, infraction. And, and you know, the, the leadership over there told my buddy, well, we got to get back to do police work. Well, that's not fucking police work. Yeah. You're not yeah. doing police work now. Now you're just fucking rubbing salt on the fucking wound of the community that you failed. Yeah. That's what's happening in Uvalde right now. Just <laughs> if anyone from Uvalde is listening, well, you know what? You're part of the fucking problem if that's what you're doing out there. Yeah, that's, you know, I think that goes back to the dude with the um, liberal arts degree. Yeah. You know, it's safe to pull over a lady for running a stop sign, taking her kids to school. That's very, very safe. Oh, yeah. You know, generally speaking, cops don't get killed by soccer moms. No. You know what I'm saying? So you got to understand that they got the wrong mentality. I mean, you understand that yeah, yeah, but yeah. we as leadership in law enforcement got to start understanding that if you don't have the people with the right mentality, they're going to harass your citizens and they're not going to protect those same citizens. And that's what's, that's what's so unfortunate. Is I got to give uh, it to, it, to your subject, to what you're talking about. And, and I'm in will attest to this too. Massachusetts is a very liberal fucking state, yeah. very liberal state. And we have a lot of inhibitions in terms of what we can do and what we can't do as police officers. But we have, and I can say we're Massachusetts cops, we have some of the best fucking cops yeah. on the planet in terms of protecting people's rights, yeah. not fucking around with people, yeah. not harassing people. I got to say, knock on wood, hopefully nothing fucking <laughs> because <laughs> I said it, but we really do a good job yeah, training. We do. We do. You know, like I look at sometimes some situations where in my department, which is a monstrous department where things can go fucking wrong really quickly, a lot of guys hold themselves really fucking well, and I'm yeah. really proud of them. Yeah. And so a lot of these cops listening, we have what, about a million cops in this country. We get 20,000 listeners a month. Thank you for 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 as, as many shitty cops as there are out there. You guys are still holding that fucking line and making us all look good. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and to those uh, that aren't, well, fuck you. You're not. Uh, you're not part of the. the Leave. Uh, you're, you're not part of the fucking. Uh, hey, hey <laughs> to, to you cops up there in in the New England area, though, uh, I would like to enlighten you a little bit. Yeah. Those of us in America own guns, <laughs> and you should understand that because it, it's it's 
it's unnerving for me when I talk to a cop in, say, New Jersey or New York, and they say, well, why do you need that gun? And it's like, are you kidding me? You know, Did you not grow up? No, I didn't grow up with guns. I didn't start shooting until I became a cop. It's like, whoa, bro. Okay, now I'm starting to see the problem. And I yeah. think that that's what's sometimes difficult for me to understand. I grew up in South Dakota, so everybody there has a gun as well. <laughs> and there's no, there's, there's not crime. I mean, yeah. it's just that everybody's got a gun. But I, uh, I like to see, like where I live in Tennessee, everybody here has a gun. And we don't have a lot of trouble. I mean, there's trouble in, in, in uh, Nashville and Memphis, but that's because they're big cities and you get down there and they, they say you can't carry a gun. So then what happens? Well, now people start getting gun free yeah. zone. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. They start getting lumped up. But anyway, to you cops up there in, in, in that area, just remember that uh, there is this thing called the second amendment. It comes right after the first. Fuck amendment. yeah. <laughs> and uh, man, we got to let people have their guns and free speech. And Kyle, you're going to, because be, of those two things, we're you're going to be surprised, man, this area, we've been falling the right way recently oh, there's yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, more guys yeah, oh, that yeah. i know that are like oh yeah no it's, you, you, your Ma second amendment right Ma fuck Ma yeah massachusetts uh, as a whole as liberal as it is actually has done kind of well with that well, has done well with that yeah has done it well could be that. better it could always it could be, be better. better but new york california yeah, Seattle, new york, that, that, so those good, those yeah. those fucking areas yeah good luck <laughs> fuck those areas anyway yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right kyle hey hang on the line for a second kyle <laughs> Iman. Yo. What a great guest we had. Yeah. No, it was awesome, huh? Fucking amazing, dude. And now that he's on mute and he can't say anything back, we want to say thank you and we appreciate everything you've done for everybody. Law enforcement, the military, your service, all that. Guys, Project Sapient, we want to say thank you to making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. We want to say thanks to our supporters, Till Valhalla, AAA Police Supply, Havoc Journal, Fit Cops, 22 Mohawks, OD Kit, and VikingTactics.com. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient.